Blog Talk Radio. This is Tom Pollan and O.C. today, and we got a full show for you as usual. Uh, going to be taking care of a lot of business today. Penguins failed to close out the Flyers last night with a 4-2 loss. Game 6 played in Philadelphia tomorrow night, and we'll see if Penguins can close it out then. Um, and we'll also talk about uh, the epic series that's taking place on the other side of that playoff bracket. Uh, first round of the NFL draft. We are finished with mock draft season. Uh, first round Thursday night in Dallas. Uh, we're going to take a look at it from all angles. The Browns, uh, they're on the clock. How many quarterbacks will be taken before the Bears pick at number eight? And if the Bears will use that number eight pick to trade down or who might be around for the Steelers at number 28? That's going to be a tougher thing to predict. And we're going to wind up show talking about the uh, Major League Baseball season so far, how the divisions are playing out, and I think the main discussion is how the weather has affected the season this place. So we want to enjoy, invite our audience to join the conversation. Give us a call, 516-387-1417. And if you want to get us on Twitter, I am monitoring our Twitter account. You can also, you can uh, ask any questions or comments at WKD Sports Huddle. And I'm going to bring in my co-host. First, from West Virginia, the Hokie. The Hokie uh, Hunter Hodes. Hunter, come on in. Tom, did you say West Virginia again on purpose? Oh, no. You can't. I did that again. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, how do I keep doing that? Virginia Tech. <laughs> oh, my God. Dave, Dave, he just confused West Virginia with Virginia Tech. I think I'm going to have to – we're going to have to ban Tom from hosting the show. <laughs> he got he got the nickname right. He got the nickname. Yeah, those I two got schools – right. But these two, both these two schools hate each other. Don't confuse them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hunter. I don't know why I keep doing that. Ah, oh, God. I, I, oh. I don't know why I keep associating I'm not, you with West Virginia. I'm, I'm not. I'm not in Morgantown, man. I'm not in Morgantown. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> All right. I would. I would. I would never want to be in Morgantown. But it's a beautiful and day I, here in Blacksburg. So it's good. good to hear. How about our <laughs> man in Atlanta, Mr. Dave Holcomb? Dave. I'm doing well, guys. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. If I wouldn't uh, keep calling Hunter, uh, I keep giving Hunter the wrong school. I, think, I have both schools behind him, Hunter. 
Write it down, Tom. I'm going to give you a quiz next week where Virginia Tech is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got it. Okay. We got Hokey Hunter. We got Dave Holcomb. And yeah. this show is this show brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And let's get out of the show because, boy, we got a lot of space to fill and a lot to talk about. Penguins had a chance to close out their ninth straight series win last night. Um, and I saw that ninth straight on uh, Sports Center this morning and really was surprising. But 142 to the Flyers, late goal by uh, Sean Couturier. And now to finish off, Couturier. So, uh, the Penguins have now lost two straight home games to Flyers. Uh, does this worry either of you for a reason, uh, Hunter? Uh, n- n- no. Um, you know, as a sports analyst, you know, I think most people hate to say, you know, that a team gets lucky to win a game. I think that basically almost summed up their win last night. It was a lot of luck. Um, but also the Penguins looked very lifeless in the first period. Um, they took them 20 minutes to finally find their game, and then they almost bulldozed them in the next two periods. But um, Michael Neuwirth, uh somehow, after not playing in two months, was very good. I, I did not expect that at all. Um, I thought the Penguins' power play was utter garbage. Um, it was probably the worst I've seen it all season, actually. Uh, and they allowed a shorthanded goal. I think that was just the fourth shorthanded goal if you combine regular season and the playoffs they allow, which I think is the second least, um, the tie for the second least in the NHL. So that was a rare sight, and you could blame um, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, and Matt Murray for that because the way that it was played was just awful. And then their game-winning goal went off Brian Dumoulin's leg in it before that, and that game was going to go into overtime if that doesn't go in. So, um, um Hopefully Pittsburgh's not burning this morning. Um, Nashville also lost a chance to close out their series last night, and they're in the same situation going back to Colorado. So, I mean, if you expect a team to roll over and die, uh, that, that's not a thing. Um, luckily, the Penguins are very good in bouncing back from losses. So um, the only reason I'd get concerned is if they lose the, tomorrow and then they're trailing in Game 7. Then I'll probably actually get, like, really worried. But... <laughs> So far, I'm fine. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if they lose Game Six and Game Seven, yeah, I'm I'm very worried, Hunter. I'm very I'm worried. Very worried. <laughs> I meant if they're trailing in Game Seven, not losing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Uh, 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 we, yeah, I know. Love giving you a hard time, but uh, <laughs> I I don't know how how they walk. Uh, they get a Kessel goal on the shorthanded when Kessel was away the puck. And, you know, Couturier, that was, that was a, an excellent reaction by him to come back and uh, take that shot from the point to get it by Murray. I mean, a couple of, uh, you know, very good plays by the, by the Flyers, uh, do you really want to call that luck? I mean, do you really want to go on the record and say they were lucky? I mean, the third goal was 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 
that was a lucky goal. I mean, you go off a sk- uh, leg and it, cha- it really changed direction. That was actually going to go into the body of Matt Murray if it didn't change direction. Um, I thought the Penguins basically just sum up their play. Um, they were just they were bad in the first period. Um, they weren't as good defensively, and their power play when they had a chance to basically end the game when they were up two to one, it, it failed them. And you know, um, you don't usually see them go for five on the uh, on the power play. But you know, give the Flyers credit; they didn't back down. And you know, it's always fun to hopefully eliminate a team in front of their home fans. So if they win tomorrow, I can't wait to see what Philadelphia does. Uh, Dave, do you want to address this uh, concept of luck? That uh, Hunter keeps <laughs> Come on, Dave. Sure, you have to admit sure. that that goal was lucky. That goal was very lucky. I think you're being a little bit too much of a fan, Hunter. Uh, I, I, when when your team gives up a a bad bounce, it's it's luck, or um, for the other team. But when your team gets a a good bounce, it, it always seems like you, you have a reason to explain it. it. No, it wasn't <laughs> luck. I mean, the the, the Penguins. Failed to clear the zone. They failed to clear the zone on that play. And you, in the NHL, you create in every sport. You create your own luck. The Flyers kept the puck in the zone. They sent the puck towards the net. That is always a great thing to do in in a playoff game, especially in overtime. And it was basically overtime with a minute left. The next goal was going to win the game. So when you're you you throw a puck at the net. Good things can happen when you do that. You create your own luck. And, and uh, I, I thought if you want to call a goal unlucky, I thought the second goal of game two uh, was unlucky for, for Matt Murray. That oh, yeah, one was that, that, just kind of a – that was, that was also bad. scored by Couturier. Um, that's, those are his two, two goals in the series. I, I, I thought that one was more of a bad bounce. I, 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 I don't think there's I, – I, I honestly don't like the – bad luck, good luck thing. It, it, you, you create your own uh, luck by creating zone time and, and sending pucks to the net. And that's what the Flyers did on that play. You know, and that's okay. the thing I always said, and Dave, you know I've always said this, uh, <clears throat> when the Blackhawks were, were, you know, making their Stanley Cup runs, uh, the Penguins, throw the puck at the net. Nothing good can ever happen until you put the puck on the net. And they, they and the Flyers so hesitant to shoot. They were so hesitant to shoot last night. I I didn't know what I was watching. Dave, did you watch the four on three power play? I, I was. I think I yelled shoot at least ten times to my TV, and they didn't do it. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you, the first question you asked Tom, uh, and you brought up the, you brought up the power play a lot, Hunter. Um, and, and Tom, your first question was, are, are you worried about losing two straight home games? And that doesn't worry me. And I, I do think the Penguins are going to close this out probably on Sunday. But what does worry me is that power play. That power play has pretty much been silent since Patrick Hornquist went out with his injury. And you wouldn't think that he would have such an impact on the power play because you still have Crosby and Malkin and Kessel and Schultz and Latang and, and just so much talent. But when Hornquist hasn't played this year, that power play – number one in the league, number one in the last 10 years, whatever it is, it struggled. Without Patrick Hornquist's front net presence, it struggled. They've scored, they scored the first goal in game four, but then they haven't scored since. And 0 for 5 last night was a huge reason why they lost. Uh, so that is something I'm concerned about. 
they had a chance to bury them. I don't and think they, they can count. If, if Hornquist doesn't play, they cannot count on a power play goal in game six. They have to outscore the Flyers uh, on, uh, at even strength, and they can't give up a shorthanded goal again. Well, I don't think they'll give up. I, I, I think I'll go on record and say they won't give up a shorthanded goal because it's, it's so rare. But, you know, usually when I say those kind of things, I'll probably be wrong. So watch them actually <laughs> give up another one. But do you agree uh, with me, Hunter, that there's, there's – are you concerned about the power play? You're complaining about it. Uh, are you I'm not uh, counting on a power play goal tomorrow? I wouldn't say I'm, like, concerned, but I was definitely a little, pretty um, upset about how they weren't shooting last night. They got some good movement. Um, they had a chance to bury them in the third period. They got a power play very early. And I'm like, here you go. Your chance to make basically end the game, make it 3-1. And, and they didn't. And I was like, okay, now you're just uh, what? No, it was one. It was uh, um, two, two. Sorry, they had a chance to bury them and go up three, two. And I'm like, okay, I mean, like, just like, don't even try to win the game here. But I think I'm going what? What? Nobody goes into nobody goes out on the ice to say the shift without the thought of trying to win the game. Come on, uh, Hunter. I know, no. No, you don't think they were trying to win the game there? I'm being I'm being facetious. Facetious? Yes, I'm being facetious. Of course they Of course they wanted to win the game. Oh my gosh, Tom. Well, come on. I'm being facetious, Tom. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Come on, we're analyzing this thing. All right. But I do think Hornquist will play next game. He uh, he practiced with the team yesterday. Um, he'll probably practice with the team again today. They get him back, and then they, if they get him back, Dave, it could be a big boost for that power play. Oh, it would be. It would be. It, without him, I'm I'm concerned. That's that's one area I'm concerned about, Tom. To answer your question, Penguins power okay. play. If Hornquist does not play. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, Flyers started backup goalie uh, Michael Neuvert in place of Brian Elliott and, and got very solid results out of him. Uh, do you think the, the Flyers keep riding him uh, for Sunday night's uh, game six? Guy made the save of his life at the last minute of the period. Oh, my goodness. I thought that went in. Uh, no. Nope. Um, but, yeah, yeah. If they, if, they, if they actually didn't start Michael Neuvert again, I think they'd probably burn the Rocky statue. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, they would. They would. They I don't think they'd the ever burn the Rocky statue. I, I was going to say that's all they have, but that's and that's that's not true. They've won like the last two championships in sports. So. Or or they burn uh, the link right next to uh, Wells Fargo. So well, one of the two. You look at that, the save he made on Crosby in the last minute uh, oh. was almost the same shot as the one that Russ kind of poked in for the first goal. Uh, you know, just <clears> got to <throat> pass the state in the corner. And Oliver made a, a hell of a play on stoning Crosby. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how he, he made that save. That was a hell of a save. So, okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree. I think the, the Flyers are going to stick with with Neuberg. Um, 
he he's been great uh, or was great um, on uh, uh, last night. So um, I I I have to say that in my Facebook live I said it won't matter who they start in goalie. It wasn't really a topic for me because I thought it 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 was kind of it, it I just didn't think it would matter much. Uh, he didn't look great at the end of game four, um, but he bounced back and and was really really good in this series and he probably gives the flyers a chance he's given them a heartbeat and and uh he's probably another reason for concern for me because uh you know i i, I it's clear that brian elliott wasn't going to be able to put together four great games but now there's a new goalie in there and he's played one full game and it was great maybe he can play two more great games I do think, though, I'll say Matt Matt well, Murray is going to be better. Matt Murray will be better oh, in Game yeah. Six, and he is he is nine and one in the playoffs following a loss. So that makes and, me feel a lot better going as a Penguins fan going into Game Six. Yes, All right, guys, let's, 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 below two goals against in like a nine forty save percentage. So I'm definitely much more comfortable. All right, let's let's move forward. <clears throat> and assuming that the Penguins wrap up this series like they should, uh, the Capitals <laughs> and the Blue Jackets are playing an epic right now on their side of the bracket. Uh, three of the four games go into overtime, neither team being able to lock down a win at home. Uh, yeah. But considering how much energy they're putting into this, how much juice will either team have left by the start of, uh, of a second-round series against the Penguins? Dave, you go first on this one. Oh, I understand we have to look ahead because we're we got one show per week. It just I'm so superstitious, Tom. With uh, just assuming the Penguins are going to be in the next round just makes me nervous. But I understand your, the question, and and if yeah, if the Penguins, if the Penguins are are in the next round, um, you're basically asking me who who would they rather play or who uh, who's going to have uh, give them a tougher time. Um, I, I think Columbus would. I, I, I um, it, Panarin has just been great, and for at least in, in the two wins that they they uh, Columbus had, he's been great. He's a superstar. I know the Capitals have superstars too, but they haven't proven to be great playoff performers. I think Panarin is a guy that's that's really scary. So actually, I think Columbus is the tougher matchup. Um, but I think either of these teams are going to be more difficult than the Flyers. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Flyers are a very young team, haven't been in the playoffs much lately. Both these clubs uh, are kind of proving in this series that, uh, yeah, they make a lot of mistakes, um, but they also have a lot of uh, – uh, they're battle-tested. I think Washington, it, it took a lot for them to go into Columbus and go up 2-0 or, or – uh, be down 2-0 and come back to to win the next two games on the road. Um, that that I think showed a lot uh, with all the pressure they've been under in recent years and, and being down 2-0. To me, that was that was uh, mm-hmm. maybe one of the most more more impressive things they've done under Ovechkin in the playoffs. And Columbus just doesn't go away. They just keep battling and battling. That they've been down in every game and come back and. And they won the first two games on the road. So uh, it's been a fun series to watch. That's probably the one I'm, I like watching the most, other than the Penguins series here in the first round. And 
It is setting up nicely, though, for the Penguins because they the, these teams are killing each other. But I do think yep. that either team is going to be is going to be a tougher series than than the Flyers. Again, yeah. assuming the Penguins beat the Flyers. Yeah, always always throw that one in there, Dave. You know, I get I I'm with you. I get superstitious about that stuff sometimes. Uh, yeah, and, and it, 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 it pains me. Oh, it pains me to hear see that Artemi Panarin's just playing uh, one hell of a series because uh, that was. A, thank thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks, Chicago. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that's one to watch. So, uh, yeah. but I, what do you think see. about the two teams, uh, Hunter? Superstitions. Oh my God, I'm changing my shirt for tomorrow. I was wearing the same shirt um, that after they won game three and four. Now they lost game five, and I have to go to my other Penguins shirt. So I think usually that shirt gives me luck, uh, better luck in elimination games. So you guys want to talk about superstitions. You got, you got nothing on this guy. But, um, oh, no, no, no. I, I am the most superstitious person you'll meet. Oh, man. Oh, man. When I play baseball. That just makes me feel I, like I don't want to watch a game with you, Hunter, if you – I uh, keep wearing the same shirt. <laughs> I, I'm changing it. I'll sit across oh, the room. Oh, <laughs> do you oh. wash it in between games? Uh, yes, I, I do. I do. Oh, okay. Oh, well, well that's, uh, why we, that's why the Penguins lost. You washed it. A true superstitious person would not wash that shirt until they lost. Right. Every yeah. win, you know. I watched it watch game four, but I, that was probably a stupid thing to do. You do That's not why watch Penguins lost game five. You don't watch, watch the luck out of a shirt. I know, I know. Well, I'll put my other <laughs> shirt on, which has been very good in elimination games. Okay. So, um, I've worn it for every other elimination game that they've won. So how about that? Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but. Um, <clears throat> So, it, yes, if they win this series, which hopefully they will, um, it's almost like, you know, it's like a pick em. Um I probably lean to Columbus as well, even though they, there's the big brother, little brother thing. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky gets PTSD every time he sees a penguin, uh, a penguin jersey. Um, it's just – and then you got Brayden Holpe. The same thing happens to him. He plays bad against the Penguins too. So um, – and then the thing with the Capitals is, you know, like we, me and Dave have hit, hit this uh, so many times. Um, they mentally just can't do it. And until they do it, they're just going to think they can't do it. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I just don't think they want anything to do with them. I, I think Columbus, uh, they would probably be more dangerous because of, you know, of course, uh, thanking Tom for our Temi Panera. Um, of how he's just unbelievable in um, just creating his own offense with Cam Atkinson and all that. But um, I, um, I've said from this from the start. I hope this. I hope, he, I hope these teams play all night. I hope they t- play till five in the morning. I hope they go six overtime. <laughs> and I hope they beat the living crap out of each other. Um, hopefully today's game goes to about 10 p.m. Seven hour game. Let's, let's do it, everybody. I, I, just <laughs> want, I want. I want them to play all all day, every time. It's just the, what I want. Now, I, I got one more question. You know, this this ridiculous NHL uh, playoff setup. 
you know, oh, yeah. that the Penguins should actually be going against either the Bruins or the Lightning in the next round. Yeah, um, I know. But they got to play one of the better teams in, in the conference instead. And that seems ridiculous to me, that they're going to have to play no one, against the Blue Jays or Capitals. Yeah, no one likes the playoff format, Tom. I think anyone who probably does like the playoff format um, – um, is a um, is a fool. Um, they probably hate fun. Um, like, there's no reason for Boston and Tampa Bay to potentially playing in the next round. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. Or Nashville, assuming they win, they lost last night, just like when they had the chance, like the Penguins did. Um, they they would play Winnipeg, and that would that's also I think really stupid. The matchups are it's a nightmare. Um, I think any everyone is hopefully hoping that they change this on that, but they're not going to because Gary Bettman sucks. Sorry. Well, I would agree. He's I, one gonna, of the worst commissioners. I am going to make a little bit of a counter argument. Uh, I don't like the playoff oh. format either. I, I don't oh. like it. I don't like it. But from the Penguins' perspective, uh, you know, people are going to be uh, all are going to argue that oh, the league is favoring the Penguins or. Um, oh you know, it, the Penguins got a, a lucky break, whatever, and they did. They did with this, this setup this year. But last year, they weren't fortunate. Uh, the Penguins and Capitals were the best two teams in the Eastern Conference each of the last two years, and they played in the second round. So um, it, 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 this happens every year. The last two years, it didn't benefit the Penguins. It didn't matter. I mean, the Capitals probably should have been able to advance to the third round, and that would have been a big deal for them. Um, but they were fell victim to a, a poor playoff system. And uh, this year, the Penguins and Capitals, you could argue, are benefiting because the Capitals or, or Blue Jackets should be playing uh, either Boston or Tampa Bay as well in the next round. So, right. um, or Philadelphia. I'll throw Philadelphia in there just in case, you know, don't want to jinx anything. So, um, uh, I was going to go to a break after all of this, but we do have a caller. I want to break in on you, Dave. Uh, I want to get the caller and been on hold for a couple of minutes. Uh, And here we go. Caller, you're on the air on Weekend Sports Huddle. Hello. Hello. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I jumped the gun. I thought you were already into the NFL. Uh, As far as hockey, I can't help you. So I was going to wait until the next segment. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I'll put you back on hold and yeah, let us take a break and we're going to get into the draft in just a minute. All right. All right. Sounds good. Be right there. And okay, let's take a break because yeah, we do have a lot of draft stuff to talk about and I want to get into So let's uh, quick break and we'll be back on weekend sports huddle. Three More Bites, the cookbook series by husband and wife duo Ayo and Bob Lai will keep you entertained and your appetite satisfied. With recipes inspired by their life stories, cooking and enjoying these unique recipes is a perfect way to spend time with friends and family. Whether you are an experienced chef or just learning to cook, their helpful cooking tips and tricks and delicious recipes will have you begging for three more bites. Pick up your copy of Three More Bites Presents Cozy Cooking and Three More Bites Presents Three Weddings and a Honeymoon Today from www.threemorebites.com. 
And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan, along with Dave Holcomb and Hunter Hodes. And this show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Next subject, uh, mock draft season is mercifully coming oh. close. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so done with Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. Oh. But we've got uh, the Browns are on the clock. Now, I've been saying for uh, the last month that the Browns should actually take Saquon <laughs> Barkley and then grab their quarterback at number four. But now nope. uh, nope. scenarios kind nope. of changed with the Giants and the, and the uh, uh, Jets kind of in the top four now. And it, it looks like nope. if, the, uh, if the Browns want to get their quarterback, they're going to have to take him at number one. Let me bring back in our caller real quick and find out what he has to say about the draft. Uh, go ahead. Now we're we're into the draft. Uh, go so go ahead and uh, ask your question, comment. Uh, well, well, yeah, I would just say just a simple thing, man. Uh, we do this every year uh, to where we make every draft class the greatest quarterback draft class of all time. Uh, and then one or two pan out, and everybody else is a bust or a clipboard holder forever. And we just continue to keep making these mistakes. So it's like the quarterback position is of high value. Yes, it is important, but it appears to be it's more important to build overall talent on your team and then just have a quarterback play schemes for, uh, you know, specific football. If Case Keenum uh, can go to an NFC championship game and Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the magic bullet of just getting a quarterback. And I'm amazed at how we do this every year. So it looks like same old thing. And, uh, yeah, a few of these guys are going to be terrible, and I don't think we are realizing that at this point. Well, I agree with you. As last year's, because I thought I wanted to see the Bears take Deshaun Watson uh, based on two series against Alabama where he basically and kind of showed what he was made of. But I think last year's quarterback class was a lot better. I think the Bears were quarterback at the right time. Uh, but I mean, you're right. I, you know, you know, the championship game, Nick Foles was the Super Bowl, but it makes it a lot easier to get that far if you can get Your mic's cutting in and out a bit. Tom, you still there? We're having a hard time hearing you. Yeah.
Well, I guess we've lost Tom for now. I think he was trying to ask us, Hunter, uh, what Cleveland should do at number one. Uh, hopefully um, we get Tom back soon. Uh, Hunter, wh- yeah. what do you think Cleveland should do with number one? I mean, I, I would take Sam Donald, honestly, but I-, I think that's what they are going to do. And then um, – but I've seen rumors that they're going to take Josh Allen. That would be foolish and stupid. I don't really like Josh Allen that much in this draft. Um, All right, wait, why, I think, why do you like – Darnold and not Allen. I think it's the way he, he plays. I, I think like the numbers he put up. I, I just think he'd be a better fit there than Josh Allen. Um, I'd probably take, um, you know, maybe a hot take. I'd maybe almost take Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. Mike Mayer. Oh, really? Whoa. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I really just I. I love Lamar. Mike Mike Mayock actually said yesterday that he thinks Lamar Jackson is going to go in the first round of the draft. And when Mike, you know, that, he's my favorite of all the, the awful draft analysts, but he's actually pretty good at what he does. But he thinks that Lamar Jackson is going to go in the first round. And I, I was like, wait, wow, really? So I guess he seems that teams really like him. I, I just I like the way he plays. I I, I think honestly he would have. You know, punch me in the face if I'm wrong, but I think he'd have a better career than Josh Allen. Um, uh, I don't know when he's going to go. Um, do I think he would go in the first round? Probably not, but I'm not Mike Mayock, so, I mean. Hey, I'm surprised I mean, that you, you're surprised about that, <laughs> if that makes sense, because Jackson, Jackson has been getting attention for a late first-round projection for a while. Oh, I actually, I actually did not know that. I thought he was getting second or third round projection. Uh, so a lot, I'm a lot of people think he might go to New England. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The problem is, is New England needs a backup quarterback to get. They need a quarterback. Period. Because how long can Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady's going to play for eternity. So who cares? Don't <laughs> Very few quarterbacks are effective at Tom Brady's age. As a matter of fact, only two quarterbacks have continued to play effectively at Tom Brady's age. Well, yeah, well, he's a god, so I mean, he can't, he can't be. He's like a cyborg or something. Uh, They'll probably draft one, I think. But um, but you you have to replace him. Yes, that's that's what uh, that's what I'm saying. I the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback. It might be Lamar Jackson. That's my point. And late in the first round. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. But um, Tom, we were talking about the um, the 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 Browns. Um, I think they were going to. I think they're going to do Darnold and then probably um, Chubbs. Chubbs as their fourth overall pick. Um, There's been a lot of smoke lately on Saquon is going to go to the Giants. which would kind of be weird, wouldn't it? You guys, Eli Manning, he's late 30s now. Um, they don't have a quarterback of the future. Um, I thought they would take that pick to draft one, but it sounds like they're really going to go Saquon, and then there's been a lot of smoke that Baker Mayfield's going to go to the Jets. So, I mean, I don't – I'm I'm not I, surprised I, by, by that, to be honest. Well, well, I thought they would take a quarterback. Guys, guys uh, I, I, was, I, I, was, just I just wanted to say, say that, that I keep trying to bring our caller back in, but it does look like we lost our caller. I do want to appreciate uh, the contribution he made. Uh, so, 
Yeah, yeah, what he said was was pretty accurate. Yeah, that was. I agreed. I agreed with that. And I I liked his point about how you can win with middle tier quarterbacks if you you have a a, a good scheme around him. And uh, I think the NFL is developing uh, better schemes for these, you know, second tier, third tier quarterbacks that have been lifelong backups. So. Hopefully we keep going in that direction because Lamar Jackson can be great in this league. I really do think he can, but you have to embrace his skill set and, and uh, design your offense around him. You can't have him just be a drop-back passer. He will fail if you want him to play the exact same system as Tom Brady. But Bill Belichick is a very smart guy. If he goes to New England, then I believe he will redevelop an offense that will maximize Lamar Jackson's skills. He's done that with every player he's ever had. He's always maximized their skills. That's why Jackson to the Patriots is actually a really scary notion to me as a, um, as a fan of a team in the AFC. Hopefully it doesn't let's, let's get to the Bears and Steelers talk right now because uh, okay. we're starting to get a little late in the show. Um what we've been looking at in Chicago lately is that it's the ideal scenario for the Bears at number eight to see as many quarterbacks go ahead of them as as possible. Um, and one of those reasons is, is looking at um, Bradley Chubb, but I, I don't think there's anybody who seriously thinks he's going to get down to the Bears at this point. So, but, you know, they do need a pass rusher, and they did get their quarterback last season. So I don't think it's as important for the Bears to worry about uh, what they're looking at, um, what they're looking at on offense. Um, I've seen Harold Landry being knocked to the Bears quite a bit. Do any of you uh, have a idea on that whether Landry would be a worthwhile pick uh, at number eight? Uh, I've seen um, some draft analysts say, you know, this um, uh, this this offensive um, this offensive line class. If yeah, I know that's what you're refer. Yeah, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Um, I just had to make sure, Tom, for for one second because I don't want to mess it up. I've seen that this offensive line class just isn't is it's it's pretty weak. Um, I think, um, for what I've been reading, I think people would be pretty surprised, honestly, if um, if an offensive lineman went that early in the draft. Um, but you know, it, it's the draft. You know, um, maybe it's maybe it's just silly season. Maybe it's actual real stuff. So. Um, you know, uh, we'll all find out ne- next week. So I think uh, people would be surprised overall, though. There's a lot, there's a lot of argument about whether the Bears would take um, or whether the Bears should take uh, the Notre Dame uh, guard, um, Quentin Nelson, uh, who should be the ideal pick for the Bears. My problem is I hate to talk about um, see I don't like I've never liked the thought of the of a team taking a, a, a guard in the first round 
unless he's going to be, you know, an all pro for for the next, uh, you know, next five six years. Um, I think Garrett's can be taken a little deeper in the draft. To me, unless you're taking a left tackle, you should stay away from the offensive line uh, in the first round because, to me, um, it, it's the most important. Left tackle is the most important position on the line. And I got into an argument with that on, with uh, one of my friends on Twitter this past week. Uh, how do you guys feel about taking a guard? Because it does sound like Nelson's going to go in the top ten. I think Nelson is a special player. Uh, he is the surest thing that is in this draft. So there, there is no sure thing in the NFL draft, but uh, he's the closest thing. So if you're looking for an all-pro and a very safe pick, it's Quentin Nelson, first of all. And secondly, to your point, Tom, I, I would disagree in, in taking uh, – well, not necessarily disagree. I just think the NFL is changing. It's changing in a lot of areas. But one area that it is changing is there's a lot more interior pass rushers, athletic defensive tackles. <clears throat> defensive tackles don't just plug holes anymore in the running game. You've got Ndamukong Sue. You have Aaron Donald. These guys are elite pass rushers, and you need guards to block them in, in pass protection and, 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 run, and in the running game. But it's such a passing game now with quarterbacks, and we've seen that for a while. And defenses are adjusting with pass rushers in every position, athletic defenders in every position. So now the offensive line needs to adjust too. Your, your guards need to be just as athletic and arguably just as important as your tackles because the, not the elite pass rusher isn't necessarily on the edge every week anymore. Uh, so I, I really like Quentin Nelson. I think he is a very safe pick. He's not going to make a lot of headlines, and whoever takes them, is the, that fan base probably going to be upset. But uh, the Bears would get a very, very good player at number eight in Quentin Nelson. Okay, uh, you know, maybe that is something to, to take into consideration. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to adjust my view on that. I do agree, you know, being around for as long as I have um, and, and kind of watching the draft and watching how teams kind of attack for as long as I have, I've always – considered left tackle to be the the one area that is is important. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. I just think that's a little bit old school now. I'm not not sure that's the way it's going to be five years from now. Okay. And maybe I have to adjust my thinking a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, there are a couple of uh, linebackers available for the Bears if they want them. Uh, Tremaine Edwards and I just, you know, brought up. Um, that's my dude. That's my man. That's your man, Tremaine Edwards. Wait, wait Tremaine I, I thought Edmund. you went to West Virginia. Oh my god! I'm make a... <laughs> Dave. Dave's testing my patience. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, that's that's one of the best linebackers I think I've watched at this school, uh, and I've been a fan of Virginia Tech for a long time. He he was a monster. 
Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, again, very good, very good point. Not the, not the pass rusher that the Bears will be looking for, uh, because I think pass rusher could actually make the biggest impact on this team. But mm-hmm. he's very good. I, I wouldn't be against. Right yeah, I wouldn't be against taking uh, Edmonds uh, at inside, pairing him with. Uh, uh, Danny Trevason and and having one hell of an in, uh, oh, Trevason's outside, but you know using him to anchor the inside of that uh, linebacker core. I think so, what's so guess, appealing about. Sorry, I just wanted to say real quick. I think what's appealing so appealing about Edmonds is he's very versatile. He has high upside because he's such a young guy. I think he's still only twenty. Or is he even? He's not even twenty yet. He's a very, very young player right. that is yeah. still, still developing, still coming into his body, uh, and and is athletic enough to play inside. He can play outside, and and if once he becomes twenty three, twenty four, Tom, he might be that outside pass rusher. He's not right now, but he could develop into that. He, he's a very talented player. He's, he's, he's um, talented enough to be number eight. Talented enough to be number eight in the draft, though, because see, as a Bears fan, I'm getting tired of seeing prospects um, being taken at the top ten for the Bears. Um, and you know, I want a I want a difference maker right now. Is Tremaine okay. Edwards a difference maker when he comes into the league next season? I can't I, – I, not as much as Quentin Nelson, I'll say that. Quentin Nelson to okay. me is the difference maker immediately. I think he could be a pro bowler next year as a rookie. Okay, and, and to me, wow. pro bowler, I don't care. Um, everybody's in the pro bowl anymore. Pro bowl has become <laughs> a uh, has become a participation trophy. Let, let's put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. My, to me, the important part, if you're, a, if you're a, a first team all pro, that's where you've done it. That, that's where you, you could tell a player is making an impact in the league. Um, so you're going to make me go, you're, you're going to make me stick my neck even farther out there and say Nelson's going to make all pro as a rookie. You're going to make me do that. Yes. I'm going to make you do that. <laughs> Quentin Nelson will be an all pro by his second year. How about that? Uh, okay, all right. I'll go there. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I would rather have him be in a pro bowler from a rookie in a Hall of Fame uh, career, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's um. funny because I'm I'm just looking on NFL.com at the Tremaine mm-hmm. uh, Edmonds page. And it's amazing because the top NFL comparison that Lance Zierling gives to uh, uh, Ed- Edmonds He's the real is, guys. He's good. He, he's saying that Edmonds' NFL comparison is Brian Urlacher. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a hard, a hard shoot to fill there in Chicago. I tell you. But you never know; it might be the next, uh, the next uh, 
you know, the Bears have been known for Hall of Fame uh, linebackers, and he might be the next one to step in. So, He's an elite you know, who knows? I hate them. I hate them. Oh, oh my gosh. Dave just hates that. He hates mock drafts. Oh, my God. Well, I think everyone hates mock drafts, but uh, he hates he hates war, too. I don't, I don't hate oh, yeah. mock drafts. I just don't think they can be taken seriously. That's all. No, I agree. Tom, Tom, when was his latest mock draft? Well, this past week, maybe he'll get a pick right again. Who are you talking well, of about? Of course, I told you he, he's got. He's Mel got Kiper. a pick fifty. No, Mel huh? All right, let, let's look at the possibilities for the Steelers. They're picking number twenty-eight. Um, and the deeper you get into the draft, the tougher it, it mm-hmm. is to. Uh, to make an impact on uh, who you think uh, is, is still going to be around at that point in the draft. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is, is a possibility for the Steelers? Where do you think the best help can come to the Steelers at number 28? Um, well, Hunter, well, you, for me, you have Kevin Colbert's phone number on your on your speed dial, so, so you go speed first. Dial. Speed dial. Yeah. That's what I have him on, yeah. Um, yeah, um, it, it should really only be between two positions, uh, inside linebacker and a safety. Um, if they do anything else than that, like fucking drafting a running back or something like that, yeah, I'll, I have Kevin Colbert's number on speed dial. So I'll just give him a call and, you know, uh, give him my business. But um, um, I would really like to grab Rashawn Evans from Alabama. He's an elite run stopper, I think. And they say he's one of the best inside linebackers in the draft. Um I think he'd fill Ryan Chazier's role pretty well. Um, you'd you'd have him, Vince Williams, and then um, um, Bostick, who they signed from the Colts. Um, three by committee to replace Ryan just for this season. Um, I think that'd be all right. Uh, I, I've really um, I've read up on him. I, I really like him. Or you know, if he's not available in a safety, is you can go with someone like Justin Reed from Stanford. Um, this team has lacked a ball-hawking safety ever since Troy Polamalu retired. Um, Mike Mitchell wasn't that guy. Um, not sure Sean Davis is either, but um, they definitely do need another safety. I know they got Morgan Burnett. I like him, but um, th- they need another safety regardless of that. Um, and hopefully, you know, Justin Reed, um, uh, what's the guy from Wake Forest? Um, oh, crap. Uh I'm blanking out on his name, but I, I know who he – if you say his name, I'll, I'll know who he is. Yeah, I like him too. It's pretty sad I don't know his name. But, um, yeah, those are the two positions they, they probably will look at. And I think those are a couple of the players that they will look at if, if they are still available. I'm going to throw another name out there, the Boise State linebacker, Leighton Vander Yeah, Vander, yeah I've, I've looked at yeah. him too. I don't – I think he, him or or Evans are would be good picks. Uh, I've heard Reed. Um, I would rather get the linebacker, but safety is also a need, as you as you've said. So, I would expect one of those two positions as well. But you never know with the Steelers; they take the best available player, and I would expect they do that. But uh, I do I do think they will address those needs early in the draft as well. Well, I think every team actually ought to address their draft that way. And that, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I hate projects in the first round. If you're taking the best available player uh, and, 
and it seems like the Bears have concentrated on taking uh, with Leonard Floyd, not an accomplished pass rusher, but someone they projected to be a top pass rusher. Uh, hmm. I see. You know, yeah. White at wide receiver. Um, who did not have a lot of experience at wide receiver, but the Bears figured he would become a top-flight wide receiver. You know, and, and that's the thing. That's what I don't like about projects. I think you do have to take the best player at, despite need. Um, you know, you, you take – because that's the only way you're going to build uh, genuine uh, depth. And, Hunter, I think you're talking about Bates, right? Um, Bates from Wake, yeah, Jesse Bates from Wake Forest, right? That's his name? Yeah. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Him or Justin Reed. I really like both of those safeties. And they brought them, they went to their pro days, and I think they brought them both in for visits. So they get, they, they, they like them a lot. So I think if one of those three players is available at 28, um, or all three, they're going to take one of them. I, I really do think that. All right. Well, Well, guys, I just wanted to mention we have a tweet from Gary. I know we want to move on to baseball, but he did ask us a quarterback question. Uh, He asked us to order uh, the the six quarterbacks, top five or six quarterbacks, who do we think is going to go in in what order. Um, Okay. Um, Yeah, that's um, – who wants to go first? Well, I think it's going to be Darnold that's going to go first. Um, He seems to be rising as the – yeah, he seems to be rising as the consensus uh, number one pick. So I do think that the the Browns are going to pull the trigger on Sam Darnold. Uh, As as I say, I think if the Jets hadn't moved up the way they did, I still think the Browns would have taken Saquon Barkley, but – yeah, it's going to be Darnold, uh, Josh Baker Allen, uh, Josh yeah. Rosen, and uh, and um, the guy from uh, I got my mind blank. Yeah, we're doing real Lamar well here. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yes. Yeah. So that's that's my top. Uh, the way I think they're going to fall. Well, for me, I have um, Sam Darnold, um, Baker Mayfield. Um, oh, I forgot Josh Baker Rose. Mayfield. I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield should have yeah. been second on my list. Yes. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to go to the Jets. Um, then I have Josh Rosen. And then um, uh, I think Josh Allen will go fourth. And then Lamar Jackson. All right. Oh, Dave, who do you think? I'll, I'll do it differently. I agree with you guys. I think that is the order they're going to go. Um, but I'll do – who I think is going to be the best in the league. I think Josh Rosen is going to be the best quarterback. I'm going to say that and be different than Hunter. I think Rosen Rosen is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. Baker Mayfield second, Lamar Jackson third, Sam Darnold fourth. I don't like Sam Darnold. Too many turnovers in college. It's not going to translate. Wow. I I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the best coming out of this draft. Okay, I have him at two. I think both. I think if there's going to be two franchise quarterbacks in this draft, if that, usually as our caller said, normally we don't even get that. But if there's two, it's going to be Rosen and Mayfield. Okay, that's a fair take. That's a fair take. Not bad. Not, not a hot take from Dave. Not a hot take. Oh, that's a good take. <laughs> Guys, 
we're not even going to take a break as we go into this last uh, uh, segment. The show was brought to you by author Mark Osaki. I'll learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward health and wealth, wealth and health. And learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Uh, remember to follow the show on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle and on Facebook, search for Weekend Sports Huddle and give us a like. Guys, the weather has been playing a bigger part in Major League Baseball than, I don't know, <laughs> even the guys on the field. Yeah, um, I realize the, 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 the Twins and White Sox were snowed out an entire weekend last week. Uh, the Tigers lead the league with six postponements. The Cubs second at five. <laughs> My first question to both of you guys, who, who is the one who has the asking bright idea to build an open-air stadium in Minnesota? Um, okay, uh, I have a, uh, a something for you. Do you guys know who Jeff Dunham is? No. Who? You don't know who Jeff Dunham is, the ventriloquist? Oh, my God. Oh, Okay. Oh, yeah, Donald, right. Yeah, okay, so this, this goes along with it. So there's a skit, and um, his character, Walter, he was talking about Lambeau Field. He goes, he was like, um, how does, yeah, it goes like, um, how many football, how many football weekends is good football weather in Green Bay? That would be none. Build a freaking roof. We have the technology. I feel like I could say the same <laughs> thing. You're saying the same thing for that. It both both stadiums need, need a roof because how, how many any <laughs> good weather is up there? I don't know. I just thought it was well, funny if it went along with that. Yeah, but you're not worried about playing baseball at Lambeau Field. You're playing football. You don't worry about the snow when you're playing up at Lambeau Field. I um, know. I, I, just, I is, just went along with it because it was funny. Yeah. Retractable roofs. This is not new technology anymore. Uh, we fairly standard. They're not a difficult thing to build, and I don't see why you wouldn't put one up in Minnesota. Uh, when you're trying to build a baseball stadium, I know that's what gets me. The Vikings don't want. The Vikings, you know, the need one too. Yeah, but they're not going to build Lambeau Field. Is The Packers don't need one, Hunter. Yes, they do. No. No, they do not. No, no. they don't. Yes. Oh, It'd be funny. No, they but don't. don't. For, I, I like uh, football, deep, football and baseball are meant to be played outside. I get your point, though, Tom. They had a dome. Or they had a dome in Minnesota, and then they chose to to go from away from a dome, um, and that that probably was pretty silly. The Metro Dome. What gets? Yeah. Yeah, Metrodome. You know, they used to open up the uh, the big doors. They used to turn on the air conditioning when the twins were at bat to, to give them a little bit added uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, power. You know, uh, hey, I'm not kidding. You know, game is yeah, no, I, I know you're not. I know you're not. Um, I know. They used to open up the doors so the twins had a better chance uh, with their power. But, uh, you know, the problem I have with this now is later in the season when you start having a series that make a difference, now you're either asking players to play on an off day or they're playing day-night double headers. Um, 
when pennant races are on the line, and that's where I think this really comes into play. And, right. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just an aberration as far as this year, uh, but it, it's so tough to do, especially since Major League Baseball tried to move the, the beginning of the season up. Um, it, it it really makes things rough, and, but I don't have a solution for it. I don't know what else they can do. Um, yeah. You know, unless they play more doubleheaders during the season, which is what they used to do. I think that's only the only logical solution I have right now. Um, I think a good topic at a later date it would be Anthony Rizzo's comments about playing fewer games. Um, that's his solution. I don't think that's a good solution, though. Uh, maybe well, scheduling you more. Back, you don't think going back to the 154-game schedule would be a better solution? I just don't think it's plausible. Uh, players are not going to give up their paychecks. Owners are not going to give up four home games. It's just it's once you add games, you're never going back. I agree. And I that's do think that's a good. That's a good point. I, I I think this is going to be a good subject, maybe for a later date. Uh, bring this up again, even later in the season when we start seeing some of these. Uh, uh, Day night double headers come into play for the uh, for um, you know in major league as, as the division races start evolving. Uh, but that's all the time we have. We can sports huddle. We do apologize for the uh, technical difficulties we had at the, the three quarter mark of the show. I did want to get more from that caller because I think that caller he had a lot of good things to say, and I really wanted to get him involved in the conversation more. Uh, just could not bring him back. Uh, I had microphone problems, so we do apologize for that. But hope you enjoyed the show anyway. Touch us again next Saturday morning at 10 p. Oh, 10 p. 10 a.m. Oh, wow, late show. <laughs> 10 a.m. Eastern time for WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>